About one million people a day go to A&E with a head injury. Some are easy to treat, others can have a lifelong impact. And in those cases, extensive rehabilitation and care can be required, which is where charities like Headway come in. Hi, I'm Claire Hobbs. I'm the hub coordinator here at Headway Cambridgeshire. So Headway is a charity and we support people with a brain injury and we also support their friends, family and their carers. And how common is brain injury and what kind of things cause it? It's incredibly common. I think when you hear the term brain injury, you don't necessarily understand what it means, but it actually encompasses a really large range of neurological conditions. So from a traumatic brain injury, stroke, brain tumour, the whole gamut. And what kind of effect can it have on someone's life? Um, It can be a really devastating and really life-changing kind of event for somebody. We often break it down and say it can affect somebody kind of physically. They can lose the mobility. They can lose the use of one half of their body. Um, It's got an emotional impact. People find their personality changes. It affects people's thinking. They might have problems with their memory. And kind of all of that impacts on people that they might not be able to return to work. So they lose out on some of that social life. And people's communities and worlds sometimes get a little bit smaller as they get more isolated. There are lots of forms of therapy, singing, art therapy, physio, speech therapy, but Headway have added something rather unusual to the roster. With the help of the Heritage Lottery Fund, they've recruited patients to run a research project into head injuries from World War I, finding out what happened to people who got hit by shells and how they were treated. Claire Adler is a heritage consultant working with Headway, and she explained to me how the project got chosen. It was selected because they wanted to look at the history of head injuries and how that impacted on how they were being treated today. What I mean is that we knew at the very, when we did the initial research for this project, we knew that head injuries were treated differently as a result of the First World War. This was the beginning of new treatments. And these will have impacted on the following 100 years. So that that research that was undertaken as a direct result of this new types of war, which people had never seen before, means that they had to develop new ways of treating people with head injuries. One of the most amazing facts we've discovered um, for ourselves during the research is that when the soldiers were sent to war in 1914, they didn't have steel helmets. So it wasn't until 1915-16 that they actually got steel helmets. So their heads were not protected. Do they have anything on? They, I think they did. They did have helmets, but they weren't made of steel. They would have been papier-mâché. Johnny, get your gun, get your gun, get your gun. Take it on the run, on the run, on the run. Hear them calling you and me. So the artillery advances outpaced our defences and our medical capabilities. We needed to catch up. And as awful as this sounds, it wasn't to send people back home to recover. They wanted to get them straight back out to the front line. So people developed their understanding of the brain, how it worked, and how to try and fix people up. Which is a good thing. The team at Headway recovered reports of someone who had a traumatic head injury and was given a cigarette and told to get on with it. The team are certainly uncovering some interesting things. But to me, research just seemed such a bizarre form of therapy. I bet this to hub coordinator Claire Hobbs. Right, and I've heard of music therapy, I've heard of art therapy. I've never heard of doing research as a form of therapy. I know, it's wonderful. It's um, 
it's almost like tricking somebody into taking part in some rehab that when they come to the group they need to look through quite a lot of information they need to filter it down they need to think about how to communicate it to other people write briefs for their researchers so it improves a lot of their communication language skills their organization um, and it really helps our group feel much more integrated into Cambridge as a community and it really gives them the sense of rather than being kind of recipients of rehab um, they're actually a really active group that go out there they're commissioning people they're saying we want you to research this to do this we're going to put on a play we're going to have an exhibition um, I think it's really fantastic for people's self-esteem um, and they really see what they can do after a brain injury. And so it's been going on for a few months now. What kind of a response have you seen from people? Has it been working as a therapy? It really has. The group themselves have been so incredibly motivated by it. So we had two group members, one of whom um, because of some mobility problems and probably confidence as well, hadn't been to London by herself. They both got on the train and went to the Imperial War Museum to listen to some of the audio recordings there and to do some kind of independent research. And people turn up every week having, you know, used a computer for the first time or printed something out or just collected that little bit more of information um, to bring to the project. So it's been really wonderful to see people's kind of confidence and interest and kind of worlds grow along with it. And this sentiment was echoed by the researchers when I spoke to them. I'm Wendy and I'm part of Headways Research Group. I had a stroke. It's left me paralysed down one side and in a wheelchair. Difficult but very good. Very helpful for memory, using the brain, simulating as well. I'm better able to concentrate, I know that. And with headway, we are survivors. <laughs>